Welcome to Just Charisma, episode 64. I'm your host, Brain Charisma, and joining me today is Graham McPhail. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. So, Graham is a realtor in town. Sure. And I'm sure I am. I can believe that you crush it every day, so... I'd like to think so. <laughs> I mean, there's not a full truth in that, but... <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been doing it? Uh, I moved to Nanaimo to get into real estate, and that was May of 17 so i'm coming up on three years now that's awesome yeah and like why did you decide to get into it to begin with my uncle who's lived in town here i don't know maybe he's pushing 40 years or something he's been in real estate for i think 38 now so he's one of the longest uh licensed realtors in town and my wife and i we were living in port moody at the time i was doing wholesale foods for an Italian importer and she was an ultrasound tech still is here in town nice and it was just kind of I was capped at my job. It was a small business. Yeah. I mean, financially, very big business, big reach, but it was a small company. All the jobs above me, for the most part, family members of the... Yeah, and you have to wait till like, they retire or something, or somebody... And even still, probably kids or something's going to take over for them. So, I kind of, I felt capped. I wanted to do something a little bit more, um, be able to provide a bit more to the family, um hope to create a world where my wife Victoria doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to. I mean, right. she likes her job. I think plans on working as long as she can. But Perfect. I mean, if I can create a world where working's more of a passion thing for her than a necessity. Right. And that wasn't going to happen at the other job. Um, Fair enough. We were in a condo. Family talks were starting okay into the future. Thinking about kids, dog. I mean, we were in a pet friendly building, but she pulled rank and said no dog until we <laughs> got a yard and whatever fair enough i lost that battle <laughs> uh, so uh at the time i was like all right well where do we go we're in port moody if we want to afford a home it likely wasn't happening in port moody unless it was a teardown right our debt was gonna jump like crazy like we bought a condo for 300 and at the time if we wanted to buy a home even a major fixer-upper wasn't gonna cost us seven or eight wow so yeah so i mean it's like okay move to maple ridge and that wasn't ideal really just because of where most of my friends were, where her work was, right. her commute was going to double, and it's like, well, do we really want to do that? And we're still going to spend six fifty on a home that we're probably comfortable getting into. And I mean, when you think about today's numbers, that's it's still more than nine was average, but still, that's a lot of money back then. That was like a lot for us. Totally. Um, so uh, I had the opportunity to join my uncles. So uh, while still working at my other job, I took my real estate course, and then. As soon as we found a place over here, moved over. But, I mean, there was a bit of convincing to get Victoria to come over here. She, annoyingly named, from is Victoria from Victoria. So, <laughs> telling stories is always a trouble. Um, so, she's from Victoria. Right. And we met at BCIT. Okay. Both going to school. And so, at least her perception of Nanaimo when she was growing up in Victoria was like, well, no one goes to Nanaimo. Like, it's just a small town. You go through to get to Qualicum, Parksville, or Tofino. Like, right. And who the hell goes there? So when I mentioned this idea, like, she lost it. She was not terribly <laughs> crazy about the idea, but as soon as she looked into it, she's like, oh, yeah, no, actually, I think you can get behind this. And it was just this little image of Nanaimo, which, I mean, I still get teased by friends back on the mainland about Nanaimo. It's got, for a not proper reason, it's got an image issue outside of town, it feels like. like I get that. I mean, I think a lot of that's probably gone. At least I haven't been here long enough, but like, it used to be a much more blue collar town. 
and smaller <laughs> yep. town. Like, I mean, but it's grown so much and there's so much to offer now that, but people still look at it the same way because they haven't visited here and haven't seen yeah. how beautiful city it is. So yeah, like at the time she's like, why the heck would we do that? But then, I mean, she looked into it and like a day later she's like, oh, okay. Oh, exactly. I, like, I, like, I can get behind this. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Balraj and I were talking about it, how like, you know, we're hoping like some more like, I guess, middle paying, high paying jobs will start coming in. Not that they don't have them here, but just more to offer. Oh, it's bound to. I mean, like the city's just growing so much. Look, I've heard stats that the biggest employers in town now used to be big, just blue collar construction, right. tree work, like the timber, the tree fallers, and stuff like that, and guys at the mill. Whereas now, I mean, I think it used to be Shaw, although Shaw, I think, recently did some big layoffs. But I mean, okay. VIU, like, I mean, teaching jobs and stuff yeah. like that, they're the biggest employers in town. So. I think it's only a matter of time that more computer-based jobs are going to start popping up in town, and I mean that's a bit of the way the world's going too. That yeah, everyone's getting into technology jobs because that's a where a lot of the money is, and so I mean it's only a matter of time before the city probably follows suit and starts having those businesses pop up here. No, I definitely agree. I mean it's we're only get, it's a bit like the city's only going to keep expanding so it's not like we're going to downsize at any point and then with more people comes there's more businesses more yeah. desire and like people are probably going to want to start businesses like more electronic businesses here or something like that well and i mean i think a lot of that's driven by affordability i mean yeah we half moved out of vancouver in the lower mainland because of the prices we couldn't afford a home and that's kind of where we saw ourselves going and the next step is often victoria just because, I mean, the natural progression, but even Victoria's pricing people out, they're starting to look, okay, well, what is still a beautiful coastal city? Definitely, like, affordable. is kind of the next city that has enough of those offerings, enough things to do here, but, I mean, it's not outrageously expensive. Totally. Depending who you are, some people would say it is. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Those so. that grew up here, I mean, there's people that are here and they've bought their home for $150,000, 30 years ago but I was like that's 30 years ago right like gone are the days yeah. yeah you wish you could go back and buy six of them like literally though like <laughs> you could, everyone wishes they could do that because it's like if I would have known how much they would have jumped up they would have invested more oh for sure and then it just would have been a no brainer because then you can just make so much more often but mm-hmm. you, it's impossible to, to make that call at the time right no so, you gotta have a crystal ball yeah ex- literally so there's no real way to know you just I don't know like we did well in our condo we weren't thinking about making money on it we just wanted a place to live and like, like really want to be renters we, totally we had enough money to put a down payment down it's just like well we like this condo let's buy it fair enough three years later or whatever when we were selling it a 66 percent increase and it's nice. just like, oh, oh, cool there's found money we weren't really thinking about it that way totally right and then it just it just helps you make the move easier or whatever like yeah being the purchasing the house or the move or just whatever like, I mean, the, the fact that we got to move to Nanaimo into a home that we love, a great neighborhood, and we made money, like we sold our condo for more than we ended up paying for here. It, That's a it, win-win to yeah, me. Like, right? like, we had no problem with it. I mean, I know that there's people in town that'll be like, well, you're part of the problem and prices going up, which is probably true. But I mean, our lifestyle wasn't suited for us anymore over there. And I mean, Nanaimo's got tons to offer we wanted to move to this city and that's just how things worked out <laughs> definitely 
That's yeah. cool. So then, uh, I guess starting in realty, how do you find it? How, like, because you've only, I guess, been doing it for three years now? Three will be May, yeah. May. So then, how did you find, like, starting in this town? Tough. I, yeah. mean, I mean, David, my uncle's been a tremendous resource, and without it, I couldn't even think about where I've been so far. But, right. I mean, the first six months for me, probably for most every realtor, is tough, is slow. Definitely is, just trying to get that first client. Can yeah, and like, I mean, a lot of realtors, a leg up that they might have in town is, I mean, maybe they grew up here at least. Like I was coming in into a new job yeah, new. that requires you to know a lot of people and have a good network in a town that I didn't know anyone other than my family members. Right, totally. My wife, same, didn't have any social circle to come into other than the people that we're related to. So that was tough to begin. I mean, I like a... I did my taxes after that first six months. So six months at my old salary job and then six months in real estate. And like, she sat me down and she's like, so this is what you made and started with a dash. And I was like, Oh good. <laughs> Cause that's what I got ahead of me here. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's been a good change for us. I mean, both the job I love and I mean, I think we've managed to improve our, our social life over here too. I mean, it'll, it'll only come anyways, right? Like, yeah. So that's good. So, I mean, and it's not like our social life was bad when we were over there. It's just it's different when most of your friends live 45 minutes in every direction, whereas now it's like if you want to just quickly see a friend, it's a 10-minute drive. Yeah, it's really not out of the way, right? And it's just it's nice. Yeah. So then, uh, like, how did you feel when you sold your first home? I'm trying to remember which one was my first one. <laughs> I mean, it... I was excited, obviously, but at the same time, underwhelmed because of just the way financially it works in a brokerage and that I'm, I'm self-employed, so I only earn money yeah. when stuff comes together, but I still have fees to the office that just rack up month to month. So if you're not doing anything, if you don't do a ton of business, it's an expensive job to have and you sometimes don't make a ton of money. Yeah. And... For me, six months in, doing nothing, 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 while the office account just saying what you always keeps yeah. growing. Like the first check came in, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, let's go for dinner. Like that's all I can afford. Here. Yeah, like let's pay off these bills and then go up for you know, go to yeah. yeah. So I mean, at the beginning, it was, I mean, it was exciting to finally have one on the books, but at the same time, came with a little less bluster than I probably hoped, just because of the reality of starting this business kind of hit me and that okay it's it's not just gonna it's not just gonna happen like money is gonna yeah earning an income is gonna take a while at this and so I mean it's still fine I'm fortunate enough with Victoria that she works a full-time job as an ultrasound tech so she's got a healthy income and that has always been a great support to me because I've never really felt like I had to be hustling, 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 trying to feel like I'm pressuring people right. to have things go. Like I've always, at least in my opinion, I hope people feel the same way that I'm always kind of very standoffish about pressuring people. Like it's kind of like, if you want to do something, we'll do something. Otherwise I'm, I'll take my time Yeah, because I'm fortunate enough to know that we can still put food on the table if I'm not selling homes right away. So. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. And that's mm -hmm. good though. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to pressure anyone because then that's only going to, it could be a bad reputation at that point because then you're just like, oh, he's forcing me to like, to mm -hmm. figure something out or, you know, some people just 
don't want the pressure, right? Because it's a big purchase, especially when it comes to like a first time home buyer or oh, for sure. like, you know, if they're going for the second house, but you know, they're just about financially ready, but you know, they're just take they're just looking around now and Yeah, I mean real estate's for majority of people's probably the biggest investment you'll ever make. Yeah. So I mean I mean how often are you gonna spend like five hundred thousand dollars, right? Like I mean the first time we bought a condo that here in the bank was gonna give us three hundred grand. I was like, Are you guys nuts? Yeah, like literally like you're just gonna give this to me? Like yeah. why? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it, it's likely the biggest purchase you'll make and so I mean I wanna make sure when I'm helping people buy or sell that they're not feeling like there's any sort of pressure for me. Like, I mean, look, you'll make the decision when you're ready to make the decision. Totally. And I'm just going to make sure that you're protected about it and informed and get in a good price that you're not getting hosed. Like yeah. that's kind of what I'm hoping I'm bringing to the table most days. When you're helping people like buy a home, whether it be like a first time home buyer, or they're just going for the second one. How do you, uh, how do you know, like, when, do you like? Do you look for houses for them, or do you just let them kind of do their own thing and kind of find something that meets their criteria? Both. Both. Yeah. I mean, I step one for pretty much everyone is I get them on a, a in the system on a search. Right. And I try to keep it somewhat rough so that it's not over filtering homes, and then they can everything comes to them because I mean a lot of people when you're just armchair looking at homes on Realtor.ca. If you're not like looking in the right spot, potentially you might miss homes. Where True. It's set up properly in the system, everything's going to find you. Sometimes too much, but it allows you to oversee and just filter out the stuff you don't want. Right. But I mean, when I'm not busy, I'm always looking, and if a home comes up that I see, and I click on those, yep, yeah, no, that's 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 for that person right there. I'll call them right away. And I've had, I mean, just only a couple of weeks ago, someone wrote an offer on a home that the same day we saw it because I, I saw it come up and I texted him basically right away. Hey, what do you think about this property? And she said, Oh no, it looks good. And I was like, it's vacant. You want to go right now? She's like, I'll see you in 30. So oh, I mean, sweet. within half an hour, we we're in the home, hung out for an hour, kind of looking at all the details. And that night she decided to buy it. So nice. Yeah. So sometimes I'm looking for them. Sometimes they're just, they send me the text and say, Hey, these are the ones I want to see. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, how many clients are you kind of managing weekly? All over the place. Lots of ebbs and flows. Okay. Um, there's, I mean, like today I didn't look at any homes with anyone, but I mean, tomorrow I've got someone come from Langley. We'll look at four or five homes. Okay. Looking at a couple on Saturday. So, I mean, sometimes three or four guys are looking at homes a week, sometimes none, and I'm just kind of working on the business side. Right. And I mean, there's the selling of homes side too, so sometimes it's just having those conversations leading up to the decision to sell about what's the strategy, how are we going to kind of best maximize your selling efforts. and For sure. So you're not looking at homes with them, but you're just doing a lot of emailing and chatting about kind of the strategies going forward. Well, that makes sense. And when it comes to like selling homes, do you find it more difficult to, like, do you find that some people are hesitant on selling their homes? Like ob obviously they've approached you because they're curious to what they can do or something like that. Um... Or do you find like most people by the time they're reaching out to a realtor have already kind of made the decision that we want to sell, but they're just not even going to feel out who do I want to work with, right? Who's got the best strategy? Like who's going to market my home the best? Okay. Uh, I mean, there are people that are just they'll start out real early and be like, okay, I know that it. I mean, it can be a complicated process that I need to sell 
and buy at the same time. So, right. I mean, so trying to line it up. Yeah. So they'll talk to her. Okay. Well, what do you think I can roughly get for my home? Because that'll help me create my budget for my next home. So, right. I mean, not everyone calls someone up and then has made a decision in a month. Like, I mean, I've started chatting with people and they're not looking to probably sell until the summer. But oh yeah. Okay. Just they're getting their ducks in the row. They wanna. They had me in on the weekend and we kind of looked at what are the things can you do to best maximize your efforts into this home to kind of clean it up and get it ready yeah without and like have that show best on the market okay and like not get them to spend 50 grand on their home to make it look pretty right when it really probably won't increase their value of the home or anything like that or most of the time if you're paying someone to do the work a dollar in isn't a dollar out yeah. so i mean if you can do things like paint walls and clean up and yeah the, yard maintenance the cheaper and stuff things, like that lawn maintenance yeah. like if you can make your home have a curb appeal I mean, unless, I mean, a lot of the time, if your home's out of date, or if it's if if it's ten years out of date or five years out of date, it'll still be deemed out of date. Okay. That, I mean, the next person might consider renoing it. And the cost to reno it from a thirty-year-old home to a five-year-old home still the same oh, cost. Yeah. Still a brand new job. So, it's like, what's the little things that you can do that if someone's looking at your home and it's already living moving ready what can you do to just kind of freshen it up make it most appealing right yeah. okay that's not bad mm -hmm. i'm sure there's i'm sure it's quite elaborate like the whole business side like just like getting all like the deals ready getting you know talking with i guess uh notaries and all that stuff i i mean that stuff's a little bit more on the buyers and seller side they have those <laughs> conversations um i check in with the lawyers and notaries right. as the transaction is going along making sure hey do you have everything you need like yeah in case you need to I get a want to find out on the day that's completing that you're missing a document that i could have given you three weeks ago totally um so i mean i'm always kind of keeping touch with people but i don't talk to the notaries and lawyers okay. extensively at least right I, as soon as a an agreement's been made between a buyer and seller i'm passing that off to a department in the office and they're the ones that prepare all the documents and ship it off to the lawyers and I just check in again later to make sure everything's ready to go. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Graham, this is the part of the show called The Motivational Moment. So how would you describe your passion? I, I mean, I, I thought about that a lot when you asked me to come in with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm personally not a passionate person. I know my wife will say that all the time. I'm very, kind of fairly even-keeled. I don't get super excited, but I think when I heard that question from you and I tried to think about what's important to me, it was more the kind of the statement of giving back more than I receive is kind of what I try to do with my okay. life. And I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean monetarily or gift wise, but just like, no, I don't want to ever feel like I'm one sided on a friendship that someone's always doing stuff for me and I'm not, never yeah, helping out. I get that. I, I want to, <laughs> be able to contribute as much as I can, support friends' businesses as much as I can, and support more than I feel like I'm receiving is kind of just usually how I try to well, that makes sense. about my days and I mean, my life. It's like if a friend buys you lunch, then next time you go out with them, you buy lunch. Yeah. Like, like you just try, so it's not, so it doesn't feel like they're just always spending money on you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just right? I feel like there's <coughs> the little details that are not worth squabbling about at the time that, I mean, everything typically always it all evens out. Up. Yeah. If someone does something nice for me like I'll make sure that I'm doing something nice for him too or if I 
and maybe I'm the person in the relationship that's bought lunch three, four times in a row. I couldn't care less if they haven't bought it back. I mean, it's it is what yeah. It's, it, not it's like, all gonna even out, and I don't. I'm not gonna get fussed over little things like that. Totally. I don't want money to come between friends or family or anything? No, it's not worth the squabbles, especially when you if you're friends with them for so long. Even I, even new ones, because as long as you're not being taken advantage of or anything, right? Yeah. Which that's cool. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with that too, because it's I'd rather I'd rather be like you know everyone look at you be like oh no this guy's always got my back you know mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what we're doing. If yeah. I, whether it's helping me move or, I don't know, buying me a beer every once in a while, I don't have had a bad day. Like, Well, don't bring up the helping move part. If a couple of my friends listen to this, it's not planned. <laughs> but two good friends recently bought places, and both of the times the dates lined up that I was away for the weekend. Naturally. Not at all on purpose. <laughs> so if Rob listens to this, he's going to be like, oh, the prick. But <laughs> it wasn't by choice. It just happened to be a long weekend. <laughs> Fair enough. That's awesome. <laughs> no, definitely. Moving is an ordeal. But yes, that's yeah. cool. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so then, uh, so like, what do you think people should look for in a realtor? Uh, I mean, I think you want to make sure that the relationship just kind of feels like you're being supported. I mean, our jobs is never to make decisions for people. I always want to make sure that people are just feeling like they're making informed decisions, feeling like they're being supported in their decisions right? and being guided in the right direction. So, I mean, I always just, I, I don't want my job, at least in the case of buyers, I don't want to just be there to open up a door, let you look at a home. And then if you want to, buy it help you write an offer i want to be able to add something right to the transaction pointing out things about the home strategies about writing offers okay neighborhoods that are maybe better to look in or not like i just find someone that you feel like is adding to your experience in buying a home because it's a big deal totally I mean, if you don't feel like you're getting the support that you should be getting i mean a let the person know or i mean talk to someone else like I mean, that's what our job is, is to make sure that you're supported from start to finish. And definitely that's my goal, at least. And I think that's what buyers or sellers all should be looking for. Yeah. Someone who's kind of like, yeah, who's just there to support them. And like, you know, if they have any questions, you can ask them. But Mm. ultimately, like you want them, you don't want to be like the one be like, this is the house. You want them to be like, this is the house. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I tell people all the time. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Like, I mean, I, totally. I, and I'll tell people, I was like, I might gloss over something accidentally because it's such a common thing to me that I'm dealing with every day. Don't be afraid to ask that question though, because you feel like it was a little thing or a stupid question. Like if you feel uninformed about any step along the way, ask me because I want to make sure that you don't ever feel lost or left behind in what is your process not mine yeah you're just here you've invited me along to help yeah i'm not the one driving the bus you are i've just given you the directions to go yeah literally that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. i mean that's a it's a good quality it it's just like you want them to you want to have that good relationship where you're just not like you don't want them to feel like you're a car salesman you know yeah i mean and that's i mentioned earlier too that's i think where my wife has been a major support to me and i never felt like i had to push or talk someone into a transaction because I knew that, I mean, maybe we didn't get to spend money freely, but I mean, food was going to be put on the table whether I was doing anything or not, we would, we would get by. So let them take their time. I mean, buyers and sellers, if you're not ready, don't 
don't do anything. Don't, yeah, don't sure rush. You're ready for this decision because it's it's a big decision. It's not totally. something you want to spend six hundred grand and then the next day be like, oh, geez, did I make the right home? Yeah, like you don't need like buyer's remorse. Like the day you get in, it's just like falling apart, or like any or something's just wasn't there that you didn't realize wasn't there. Or, yeah, like, I don't, whatever it could be, you want to make sure that like you know everything going into it, and then you also <coughs> sorry whatever problems you may like that home may have you that you're like okay i can overcome this problem mm. or like you're okay with it because it's something you can fix down the line yeah i mean and that's kind of like you saying like problems with the home things too like i always try to talk to people when they're looking at buying homes is as much as the cosmetic things they cost money totally but try to ignore the cosmetics and just be like how does this home make you feel how does this neighborhood make you feel how does the layout of right. this home work for you if the paint sucks, I mean, yeah, it's going to cost a bit of money to fix it, but don't ignore a home because of the paint color. Totally. If, if, you, love, if you love the home, the neighborhood and everything, you can fix the other stuff. Definitely. So, I mean, just making sure people get into the home for the right reason, not, oh, this home's perfectly designed for me, but, like, what if the layout sucks for your lifestyle or yeah. the neighborhood sucks for your lifestyle because you work at the airport but here you've bought a home in Arrington Yeah, and, so and you said from the beginning, I don't want to commute. It's like, well... You're gonna be pissed off here now because you're gonna drive 40 minutes to work every day. Yeah, and it's gonna <laughs> suck because now you're like it just throws off your whole like your schedule because now you have to prep earlier and blah yeah. blah right. No, that makes sense. Uh, like what when it comes to like people like interested in homes, what do you find like the biggest problem is like with again, whether it be in the home or I guess with the home itself or yeah. with like the process of buying uh, the home itself. Like what do you find like that or like the, some of the biggest turnoffs for people. Uh, I think everyone's just a little bit different on what the important <laughs> what the important factors are for certain buyers. Um, I mean, there's always going to be maintenance issues, but I mean, that's whatever they are. That's kind of the important step of an inspection. And totally. I mean, all maintenance issues, unfortunately, with enough money, can be corrected. So. I mean, what's your situation? Are you a 5% buyer, but you've got lots of money set aside because you're ready to do work? Or are, okay. you, are you to the max just at your purchase price with your down payment? So, I mean, if you find out the inspection, it's lots of issues here and there. Well, yeah, maybe this isn't the place for you unless you're willing to tackle them slowly by yourself. Right. I mean, if you're a guy that we do the inspection and lots comes up, but you're like, okay, well, i got deep pockets and I'm handy, I can do all this stuff myself, then then it's not a big deal. So, I mean, there are, I, I mean, I'd say common issues to come up are things like roof, windows, yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, everyone's is gonna have a different appetite for their repairs, just depending on who they are, what they can do, and right. the financial okay. situation. That makes sense. Mm. Would you have any advice for, for people trying to buy a home? I always try to get people to make sure that they're fully informed on their finances before we even start. Okay. I'll show people homes before then anyway, but before writing an offer, it's often pretty tough to write this offer and go through this process with a buyer. They get an accepted offer and well, we've got the subject to financing. And so we send it off to the bank, the mortgage broker, whoever, and they come back and basically say, no, what are you doing? Like, you can't afford this. And right. so I I'm willing to put in the effort for people to do that step, but it's hard to watch people just emotionally they get attached to this home and wrote this home you know, wrote this offer got an accepted offer you kind of go through that high and then it gets snatched away because you weren't 
prepared financially. Right. Okay. So I always tell people, hey, you know, find out what your budget is. Because, I mean, we don't want to be looking at homes that you can't afford. Yeah, because that's just going to get your hopes up, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, let's let's find out what you can afford. And then, I mean, maybe maybe your budget still doesn't get you into what you were hoping to get into. But now you know what your budget is. So you don't look at a home, fall in love with a home, and then have it not work out. Totally, yeah. Because then, like, literally, like, it could be, like, your dream home. And then it, when it's snatched away from you, that's just going to bum you out, like, exactly. the rest of the experience right and i mean maybe if your goal is absolutely okay i need to get into that home or that type of price range it's like okay buying's maybe not the right time for me now i gotta reevaluate my finances pay off car loans this and that yeah. save a little bit of extra money so okay now i'm ready to go for that price point let's do that totally so i think having like i mean you had balraj on a couple weeks ago having a mortgage broker or bank giving you your budget ahead of time i think is the single biggest thing before you start looking at homes as a buyer. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because at least you're not going to, yeah, then you won't be looking at homes that you won't be able to buy or like, mm. and at least it puts it in perspective of, okay, I can get this. It's now the right time to buy, like you were saying. And, and I mean, on top of that, we're in still a competitive market that, I mean, homes that are correctly priced, that are desirable, go quickly. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if, Buyer A and buyer B have the exact same offer, but buyer A is the one that had his finances pre-approved, got a letter from his lender saying, yep, this guy's good to go. A seller's looking at both those offers that are exact same, but one guy's got a letter from his lender that says, this guy's pre-approved. Like, yeah. You're going to trust the guy that comes with evidence that he can afford the home rather than the other guy that says, well, I'm subject to financing, but I haven't actually talked to anyone yet. Yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. And then that, yeah, because they want the sale to go through, like they want to give the, yeah. it also kind of shows that this person is taking that extra step to be prepared mm -hmm. to also be like, yes, I, if I want this house, I'm going to make sure I'm hundred percent ready to get this house. Yeah. I mean, and I've even had guys that because we had our financing letter, we even wrote a letter to the seller. I went and pitched the offer in person to kind of tell my buyer stories they won the home over guys that were willing to pay more for it because of everything else that we packaged together and right. the strategy of our offer. So like whether or not, I don't know the details of the other offer. I never will, but I mean, maybe those guys didn't have a pre-approval letter and the seller got to look at them and say, well, these guys are going to give us 615, but these guys are going to give 600, but I know this one's going to go through. Right. Some sellers will take that $15,000 risk or hit just because it means I've sold my home. Yeah. Some will say, no, I want the risk, I want the money. But then there's the possibility that okay. buyer doesn't work out. Is that other guy still waiting around or did he go find another home in the meantime? Yeah, like now maybe they sell for even less. Yeah, now they may have to go into the under five, uh, under 600, right? Like Potentially, yeah. Which would suck because, I mean, obviously you want to get the most out of your house. Exactly. I mean, everyone obviously wants uh, sellers, they want to get it for as much as they can. The buyers want to buy it for as little as they can. Exactly. I mean, it's just that's the way just the nature. <laughs> exactly, right? That's just the that's the fun of it is the haggle. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, would you accept this? No, okay, well, let's figure yeah. out what we can work on. If you no really one want knowingly this. pays more for something just for fun. That's just it, right? Like, uh, you only see that in like TV shows when they're goofing around. We're like, ah, oh, you've convinced me. And then he hands them like a hundred dollars instead of yeah. like 25. <laughs> <laughs> that's just silly. So then. Would you recommend people go jumping into realty, like into becoming a realtor? If you're prepared for it. I mean, if you're prepared for like the slow start and yeah, like not I mean, having a consistent paycheck type thing or like... The biggest thing is, I mean, the real estate course 
is good in that it teaches you the legal side of it. Totally. It doesn't teach you anything about the business. Okay. So, I mean, if I didn't have David, I don't know what I would be doing. I might not even still be in real estate because it doesn't teach you how to have the right conversations with people, how to write good contracts, Okay. how, what things to look for in homes. Like those are all things that you need to figure out yourself. Yeah. So I'd say if you're starting, make sure that you got someone to work with. Like, I mean, even if it's for a little bit, I mean, team relationships exist all over in Nanaimo. All yeah, I've definitely real seen multiple uh, realtors. Yeah. House. So, I mean, it, it, there's usually a financial cost when you're working for a team, but I mean, the benefits of learning from someone, I think, are greater than most people will get than the savings by not being in a team but running completely solo. Right. Because it's it's tough to start. It can be expensive if you're not doing any business to start. So, I mean, I'd say, yeah, it's it's a good business to get into if you don't mind sporadic work schedules and... But, I mean, I really enjoy what I do. It's just if I didn't have that mentorship thing to start, I, I don't even know if I'd still be doing it, just financially. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, no, that 100% makes sense because at least you had, like, your uncle to show you. Yeah. Like, the ropes, right? Like, okay, it's like, yes, you know this, but you're gonna, you got to learn this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we see it from a lot of the other realtors <laughs> in the office that, I mean, there's she's she left the business because she, it just wasn't making a go of it but some of the other ones that have started and are working with parents and siblings and stuff having that support system has allowed them to take those first couple steps for sure everything kind of has now started to snowball on that's awesome so, yeah okay that's really cool well Graham I'd really I appreciate you coming on the yeah, show thanks for having me uh, where can the people find you I uh, can so I mean if you google my name Gray McPhail Realtor or I mean we kind of call ourselves Hayward and McPhail Real Estate uh, we're we're at a Royal page. We're just right by Long Lake in Nanaimo. And, okay. Uh, on Instagram, Harbor City Realtor, and I mean anything that you'll post online about, you'll have my information. I'm sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, you can find me at Just Charisma on anything. Uh, if you want to, if you like the video, hit the subscribe button. Uh, check out the other stuff, and uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next time.